Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. We're going to get right into it. We're going to start with uh, Galatians. We're going to be reading the last three verses of chapter 3 and the first seven verses of chapter 4. All right, so we'll start with Galatians 3, 26 through 29. I'm reading from the NIV version, and um, it begins, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 4, 1 through 7 reads, What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come. That's not what my message is about, but that line right there, there is so much meat in that. But when the said time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Amen. Yes, amen. (laughs) Uh, The title for my message today is A Powerful Adoption. And let's pray. Lord God, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to share your word. I pray, God, that you may etch these words into their hearts, Lord. That these words, that this word that you have given me, Lord God, this word that you, that has been ministering to me, Lord God, and it's something that we know, but Lord, I pray that this word just, I pray that they know, know. You know when you know, know something, it's just, You know it, but you know, no. That just makes all the difference in the world. And so right now, God, I pray that they know, no. That this is just, again, etched into their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. I like hearing you guys, too. I I think I'm a little like Roe in in hearing your voices. It just, it helps us out. Um, So you guys have already heard about that one time I levitated, right? Who was here to hear that story? (laughs) That one time I levitated. (laughs) Pastor Rose shared um, when he was preaching, I think it was for Galatians 2? Oh, Galatians 1. He was preaching and he was sharing a story about um, a time that I levitated. And (laughs) and, um, the the good thing about me preaching now is that you guys get to hear my side of the story. And I remember this story like if it was yesterday, and but I promise you that I'm healed. I am healed. <laughs> I'm healed from it. And I was laying down in our bedroom, 
and I was probably reading our Holy Bible. And um, I'm laying down peacefully, and then all of a sudden I just hear a row, Lisa! You know, I'm like, okay, so I'm still laying down peacefully, and he's like, come get your son! It was at the yore that my head lifted up and at the sun that I levitated. <laughs> and then I heard, before I hurt him. I'm like, what? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I, within a blink of an eye, I was at the other room and I was like, you said what? You're going to hurt who? What? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Taking off my ear. Like, no, no, no. I, I completely lost it. You're going to hurt my son? You're going to hurt my son? No way. I will lay my life down for my son. And the funny thing is, is that, sorry. I was going to make sure that I will fight for mine. And for those who know me know that for my kids, you will see a whole nother side of me. Am I right? For those who know me, <laughs> you will see, you do something to my kids, and you would think that my kids were, like, really young. <laughs> I have a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old, but it doesn't matter. But when Rose shared this story, he said that I was passionate about something. He said that I was passionate about, that I was defending something. But I want to take it a little further. I wasn't just defending or protecting something. I was protecting someone. This is my son. This is my son whom I love. This is my son that I gave birth to. This is my son. Again, I will lay my life down for my son. And it is with that same passion that Paul is defending the gospel. He wasn't just defending something, he was defending someone. And when Paul, Paul is speaking to the people of Galatia as a spiritual father, he's speaking to his spiritual children, and, and he knows that they're God's children. And so when I'm protecting my son, I'm not protecting him as a teacher or, or a security guard. I am t protecting my son. And when that, that's my child, guys. That, how many parents we have here? So you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And even if you're not a parent in this room, just in, in protecting someone that you love, you're going to go all out for that person. And so when a Paul is here addressing the, the church of Galatia, he's addressing them as God's children. And he's trying to get them to see that. And so look at what it says at Galatians 3, 26, 9. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is why he's passionate. This is why Paul is passionate. He's saying, hey, you're not just a church member. You're not just a rule keeper. You're not just a subscriber to a religion. You guys are children of God. And that's exactly what he's saying to the church. He's really trying to get them to see that. Can we say that I am a child of God? Can we shout that here today? I like the side. 
we say that one more time, guys? I am a child of God. <laughs> Should we try it one more time on this side? I am a child of God. <laughs> Give it up for that side. <laughs> and Paul has this, this passion for, for this, these people in Galatia. And as I was preparing this message, I'm like getting really excited learning about the background of the letter. I'm like trying to figure out where this passion is coming from. Why is Paul so passionate? And um, when I read, when we share, when Roe shared some things, like we've, this is already chapter three going into four. Um, I'm sorry, my, I have so many things that I want to say to you guys. And so it's, you know, it's like when, um, when Paul is speaking to the church of Galatia with that passion, I just became so curious about who Paul was. But not only did I just become curious, I figured out, honestly, that he must be an eight in the Enneagram personality test because he's a full protector, eights on the Enneagram. If you've never heard of what that is, take a look at it, take a test, find out what number you are. <laughs> I'm an eight, I'm known as a protector. <laughs> and so when I was studying about Paul, I'm just like, wow, Paul, who is this guy, Paul? And I just wanted to know who this defender of the gospel was. And so I'm going to read some things to you, some things that I just learned about him. And it says, I began reading about him and I began to learn that Paul was born with the name Saul. And before meeting Christ, this man was a Pharisee. He, is, he was extremely educated and so zealous about Judaism that he was persecuting Christians. He wasn't just some murderer on a spree, on a killing spree. He was someone who had authority from the chief priest to go and arrest and kill anyone who called on the name of Jesus. And so in one of his journeys to, to, persecute, Jesus, uh, to persecute Christians, he's on his way to Damascus. And at this point, he already has a reputation. People know who he is. People know that Paul persecutes. And he's already known for all his harm. And the Bible says that Jesus shows up to him. And Paul has an encounter with Jesus. How many can remember their first encounter with Jesus? I remember mine. It was really amazing. And the Bible says that a light knocked Saul down. And when Saul gets up from this encounter, he's blind for three days. Saw me three days. He's blind for three days and he doesn't eat or drink anything. Now, the Lord shows up to a disciple in Damascus. Just even in that, just God being all-knowing. He knows that Paul is on a journey to Damascus, and God is already orchestrating things, you know. And so he's speaking to someone in Damascus, and he's like, Ananias, you got to go speak to Paul. So I'm going to keep reading. It says, now the Lord shows up to a disciple in Damascus named Ananias and tells him to go tend to Paul. Now Ananias is hesitant because he's heard all about this man named Saul who's killing Christians. But here's the part that hit me the most. And I want to bring you guys to Acts 9. It's Acts 9, 13 through 15. 
Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord says to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the, Lord, to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So Ananias goes and meets Saul, and the rest is history. From that point on, Paul's life is just radically changed, transformed. But the part that stuck out to me the most is the part that he has chosen. That stuck out to me like you guys wouldn't believe. He is chosen. And in reading all of this, it just made the book of Galatians make more sense. You know, look what it says, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. And I'm just like, wow, Lord. And you know, these are things that, we know already, but it just honestly was hitting me differently this time. Just reading on it and, and just hearing that Jesus, that Paul, this man Paul has an encounter with Jesus and he's already chosen and God is already doing the things in the background that we don't see. You know, and so I don't know, many of you may know and some of you may not know, but I'm also adopted. I also have a born given biological name. And when I read the story, I can relate totally, just incredibly. And at the age of two months, I was taken away from my biological mom's house and uh, put into an orphanage. The name of the orphanage is the Angel Guardian Home. And at six months old was when a family showed up to the angel guardian home to adopt another child. This is the Roman family. This is my family. That's my mom. That's who I call my mom. That, that's my mama. That's my dad. Like those are my brothers and my sisters. And they already had three biological children and three adopted children. So I was the seventh child that they were coming to look uh, to adopt. And um, the story goes that when they showed up at the angel guardian home, they went, they saw the children, and that when they looked at me, I smiled at them. I know, right? <laughs> they said I smiled, and then that was it. They just, they, they decided to take me home. They brought me home. And um, years later, it's, uh, it was, I was eight years old due to custody battles because then my biological family tried to also adopt me. So within that custody battle, it took eight years for me to finally become legally adopted. And so now throughout my life, I'm aware that I am adopted. We all are, though there's four of us, a complete of four that are adopted, and we all know that we are adopted. But I was always ashamed to tell people that I was adopted. I wasn't ashamed of being adopted, I was just ashamed to say it. And I remember one day in school, and I just thank God for teachers, you know, our teachers, and this is not in there, but I just feel the need to say it, 
teachers are so important. Us adults, we play important roles in children's lives. And um, the power of the tongue is so, yeah, it's so, it's so strong. And so the words we speak into our children, they're important. So I just feel the need to say like, let's watch what we say to our kids. Um, let's speak life into our children. And if it wasn't for this teacher, Mr. Hitter, from PS94 in Brooklyn, my favorite sixth grade teacher, uh, my favorite teacher amongst a lot of teachers, um, he calls me over to his desk and he's like, you know, you have nothing to be ashamed of about being adopted. You have nothing to be ashamed of. He said, take a look at your classmates. And I remember standing there just looking around at all my classmates. And he says, not one child here was chosen by their family. They were all born into their families. But you, you're special because someone chose you to be part of their family. And you see, Paul, Paul understands what it meant to be chosen because God chose him even, even when he was furthest away from God. Paul says to the church in Galatia, hey, God has chosen you to join his family. God has adopted you into sonship. You aren't just members. You aren't just religious members. You are sons and you are daughters. He says, and Kuhau, I want to say to you right now that when we come to church, we're not just singing songs. We're not just here like, hey, this is a real good feeling. This is my hashtag good vibes type thing, positive vibes. I don't even know what they put anymore for hashtags. We're here because we are sons and daughters. We have been chosen. Can I hear everybody say adopted? So the reason, so the reason I was ashamed, and this is so good, I promise you, I could not. Every time I studied this message, every time I was just writing it, I would just cry. And I, I tell Ro, I'm like, Ro, your, does your message ever make you cry? And, and he's like, now you feel like, why? I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> It's so good because it's, it's given to me by the Holy Spirit. I just want to say thank you, Jesus. And so the reason why I was ashamed was because I never wanted to tell people, I never wanted people to know that my mom and my dad did not share the same blood, that we didn't carry the same blood. And I remember writing this. I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I should write that. Some, for some reason, I was just like, I don't know if I should write, there, write that, if, just the word blood. Oh, my God, but God said, no, you're, you're writing that. And so the amazing thing about Jesus is that we're not just adopted. We're brought into the family through his blood. Brought into his family through his blood. That's why it was so important for me to keep that word blood there. When he showed me that, and you know, these are things, like I said, we know this, right? It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. But when he shows it to you in such a way that it's like he made that connection for me. I did not want to tell people. I was ashamed of telling people that I was adopted because I didn't want people to know that we didn't share the same blood. And here God is saying... It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Look what it says in Hebrews 10, 19. 
And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. Kuhau, it's the blood that was shed on that cross that welcomes us into his family. It's his blood that makes us brothers and sisters. It's the blood that gives us a new identity. So good, Lord. I thank you. And it's the blood that makes this adoption possible. And Paul says, hey, you've been adopted. And that didn't happen through the law. That did not happen through the law. And here the Galatians, they're trying to pervert. They're trying to pervert the gospel by adding things to it, by adding old customs. And he's saying, hey, you've been adopted. And you get to understand why Paul is so adamant and why Paul is, is, has this zeal for these people. You know, and one, I just shared with you his, his encounter. This is a man that was persecuting. He was a murderer. He was murdering Christians. He has this one encounter with Jesus. And that's it. That's all it took. And so in Galatians... In Galatians 4, 1 through 7, it says, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. My goodness. I was just like, whoa, Lord. You know, adoption is such a beautiful thing. It takes a person with a special heart to be able to take someone that they don't even know and make them their own. When, when I was adopted by the Roman family, that's exactly what they did. They cared for me. They loved me unconditionally. Now, I'm the one of seven, and then I, I am the youngest. So usually when there's a lot of children, you know, sometimes there's one child that doesn't feel the love. And that wasn't the case here. They loved me unconditionally. They cared for me. Everything was taken care of. My every need was taken care of. I was fed. I was clothed. And whatever belonged to them belonged to me. Whatever belonged to them belonged to me. And when Paul says heir, Paul is saying because you are a child of God, because he has made you his own, whatever belongs to his son belongs to you. So then I'm like, you know what? I know what an heir is, but I want to look up the definition. Heir definition. And I don't, I don't think I gave you um, this to put in, Diren, but... A person legally entitled to the property or rank of another on that person's death. On that person's death. Kuhau, can I tell you that it's through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross that we have become heirs. We have become heirs. That means whatever belongs to God is in us. That means God's spirit, the mind of Christ, the anointing inside of us, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If it belongs to God, it is now available to us. It is now available to you. Paul is saying, you are no longer slaves. 
You are no longer slaves. Slaves see God as a master. And you know what? We're, we're closing. So you guys, I, I would like for you guys to stand up. Paul says, slaves see God as a master. Son sees God as heavenly fathers. Slaves are still under bondage. Sons are set free. Slaves are under obligation, but sons are under grace. Slaves are looking to earn, but sons are eternally loved. Because of the spirit that is in us, we call him Abba, Father. Abba, Father, he is our Father. This was all made possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. That is what connects us. That is it. That's what makes us family. That's what allows us to call him daddy. We no longer have to be afraid to come under his presence. He is here and we say, daddy, we are here. Have your way, have your way. And I just want to encourage everyone here tonight. That sometimes that when we when we think we know something, but we catch this revelation of it, it just changes everything. I'm walking differently because, because of this. And I knew since, since I'm serving God for a while now, and I've always known that it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood that it's the blood that sheds on the cross. But it was something about this, something about hearing Paul's story that changed everything for me. Hearing that I am an heir, that I have been adopted into sonship. No, and me being adopted, it just made everything even more real. I know what that feels like to not be part of the family, but be part of the family that didn't exist in the Roman family. They never treated me any different, never. I was loved unconditionally. My parents are no longer here with me. I miss them immensely. But not my brothers, not my sisters, not one of them made me feel any different. That's why I didn't want people to know because that's who I identified myself with, the Roman family. And it's the blood of Christ that we find our identity in. We are God's children. We are sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. I just want to give you guys a moment right here to just soak that in. That's, that's all I want you guys to do right now is to soak that in. 
that if you've ever felt like you weren't part of a family, you are part of the kingdom. We are all family here. There is nothing but love here. So Anthony, you can, you can start singing that song because I believe that God is here right now and he wants to touch you. He wants to just, just say something to you right now. Just, we can close our eyes. Still my heart, your voice be all I hear now. Fix my eyes on the things that I can again we want to thank you for tuning in subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages and if this message really blessed you pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend we pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day god bless